Hey. Hi. Hey, who's this? Who are you? Zachary. <gasps> Zachary what? What's your proper name? Oh, There's a hello. Nemeth in the house. I also have a cat on my lap. You do? And I can't do the podcast with a cat on my lap. Why? Well, I more's suppose. The, more's the merrier, was it? Was that a phrase? More's the merrier, yes. Oh, that didn't sound right. Um, okay. Is Hugh here? I'm here, yes. Oh, hello. Hello. He's having a snooze. Yes. Shall we get on with it? Shall we? Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down in the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant, Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant. Hello. 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 I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. Welcome to episode 53 of the Real Reading Podcast. I struggled for a second there. 53, so we've been going for more yes. than a year. Um, can I just bring up that there was a 52B podcast? Did anybody catch that? You were on it, Hugh. You I did was catch on it. it, yeah, I caught it, yeah. Rachel, were you on it? No. No. <laughs> was I? We were, we were so rude. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Um, in, Did in, you record a secret one? You know what, I get really... Like, I know. Did you not see it? I, even, I think you've done that. I posted it on the Facebook. Oh, man. So um, this is after the Megabike? Yes, so there was a 53B or I or oh. A. No, I missed it. No. I'm trying, I can't work out how to number it. But anyway... Um, Yes, we did a special. In in what is the absolute epitome of this podcast, we, at the very last minute, decided to do a very quick uh, April Fool's podcast. At the very last oh. minute. So we didn't get a chance to uh, get a message out, ugh, carry a pigeon, whatever it is that people use to communicate, um, which we don't have. So that's how yeah. you didn't end up on the podcast. And... Um, so we don't really have a special guest, except we sort of do. We've got two, haven't two we? Two special guests. Um, but first of all, it's worth pointing out, we're in Rachel's house. Chateau Nemeth. <laughs> Chateau Nemeth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, welcome she- to Shay Nemeth. Um, why are we here? Why are we here? Because uh, you were in London all week. I have been. It was the only way I could gather us. Yes. Was to have you round. Have us all what around. What time is it? Yeah. Chico time. It's dinner time. time. It's dinner time, isn't it? It's dinner time. Sorry for bringing that seven awful X Factor memory up. So apologies if there's any belly um, rumbles. Yes, it's and eight o'clock, in fact. Yes, and had we not right. seen right now the scene currently, if you can picture this, dear listener, as if we'd not seen Rachel's husband walk through the door and say hello to us, she might be a crazy cat lady because there is not one but two cats lounging on her as we speak. <laughs> That's fair comment. <laughs> so our, so our podcast daily. better be perfect. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Okay, so um, we sort of have the usual features. We definitely have a fact of the week. Um, and we sort of have a thought explains it all. Where we're going to ask Hugh about being a journalist. Um, he's lost the book already. So um, 
Before all of that, though, you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Um, and here is Mr. Apollo Reef. Uh, sorry, I mean Jeremy. To tell yes, us, we're going to have to find someone else to do our April Fool video. Yes, this is. I mean, if we ever do one again, yeah, probably won't bother. <laughs> or did we do one at all? Could all be true. Um, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, so, uh, things to talk about, Rach. You went into your son's nursery, didn't I you? I did. To, and you went to yeah. teach him, teach them, show them things. What well, did you say? They are. They have a theme that changes every month or something at nursery. Was it passive aggressive conference calls this week? <laughs> <laughs> I save those for work. Oh, okay. I save work. Uh, yeah. So it's people we know and the things they do this month. So right. They asked me to go in... About IT, no doubt. <laughs> no, people know better than to ask me about IT. Uh, they asked me to go and talk about how newspapers are made. Okay. So, bearing in mind that in bygone years, I was a sales trainer and teaching people how newspapers are made was my job. Including this guy here. Including My you. very first day was in a training session... With Rachel yeah. Namuth. <laughs> we'll see how many variants of yes, we'll see uh, how we can do. That I was, I was quite. Uh, I remember being a bit silly in that in those sessions, and I remember, no way. I remember thinking I might get in trouble on Monday. I didn't have a very Did good weekend that week. Did you want to impress the teacher? Did you want to impress the teacher? I'm trying to impress anyone. I was just. Didn't really want to be in a training session, to be honest. <laughs> Nothing's changed. That is an absolute lie, because you were fresh out of university. I was. A proper, eager, <laughs> 21-year-old. Yes. Like, pick me, pick me. So, oh, um, people outside. <laughs> people outside. Weird. The neighbour. Um, yeah, so I went into the nursery. I was like, disproportionately nervous <laughs> about okay. presenting to three and four year olds bearing in mind you speak to an audience of thousands every week well, yeah I mean tens yes literally tens of people yes <laughs> tens of tens of our mothers and how I many thought, mothers have you got I thought really hard about how to kind of put it into the context that, that they could perhaps relate to and I had some props yeah and tried to kind of pull it back to things that they'd know but all that happened is every time I mentioned the thing they would know, so for example, talking about advertising, I'd say, you know, so maybe the local soft play centre might put an advert in the paper so that your mummies and daddies know where they could take you. Um, and then they're all just like, I've been to soft play, no, I went to soft play, I was like, oh man, no, okay, I'm back in the room. Guys, back in the room. Guys, focus, focus, come on. Focus. This is very I'm expecting important. more from you, you three and four <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, it was actually quite quite tough. What about when mummy and daddy might need a drink after taking you to soft play? Yes, and then there's the pub advert next. Yes. To it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was quite it was quite fun. So I like to think I was inspiring the next generation of media rights. Yes. Whatever the, the phrase might be. Well, I look forward to them coming to join us. Yeah. Excellent. Just remember. We'll still be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the stalwarts or whatever the name is. I'd say I we call it be... institutionalised. 
<laughs> I would say dinosaurs, but there's a loads of dinosaurs in this house, and it must be quite scary at night. There's a few. There's a few. Um, thanks, Rach. Um, Hugh, did you have anything to add? No. Good. <laughs> Great. No, I, I haven't given any talks to a to classrooms full of small children this week. Good. Uh, fact of the week time. Reading fact of the week. Fact of the week. Fact of the week. Yes, you fact of the have week. to bear with me for just one second because I haven't chosen one. Of course you have. Oh. He's literally been here for an hour and he's not chosen one. I might take this opportunity to um, say we're trying to buy some new sound equipment so that it makes it sound much nicer. So if anybody would fancy sponsoring us for a few weeks so we can buy some new sound equipment, that would be very cool. Do get in touch. I'll give you five pounds. Great. Um, that's a start. Oh, Thanks. That's not going to cover it. No, it's not really going to um, cover the whole thing. But if anybody was interested in perhaps sponsoring the Real Reading podcast for uh, X number of weeks, of which can be debated, then um, we will be able to buy some lovely sound equipment and we'll all sound great. Hey, Hugh, have you got a fact of the week? Yes. Excellent. That was quick. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What do you think is Reading's oldest shop? Reading's oldest shop. Well, I... Jackson's? It was closed, isn't it? You mean like now? Yeah. Like still open? Still open. Still open, yeah. Okay. Uh, I might go with Hickey's. Like that one on the jewellers, Jacobs, that's quite old, is it? Is it? It's definitely like a retail establishment, not a... Right, okay. I'm going with Hickey's. You're going with... If I'm not allowed Jackson's Corner, Jackson's... No, because it's closed. Okay. I'll go with Jacobs then. Well, you're both wrong. Oh, well, there's a surprise. Yeah. Uh, the, according to this book, the oldest shop in Reading that is still in business is John Lewis. Stroke oh, oh, right. Helis. <laughs> okay. Everybody Helis. used to go to Helis to get school uniforms. No, that was Jackson's, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yes. Why did we go to Helis? I, I used. To, I just remember getting dragged around Helis by my mother and hating every minute of it. Yeah. Also, when they built that bit, it was rather silly to build bricks, a brick Helis, the word Helis, into the wall yeah. and then change the name to John Lewis. John, to John Lewis. Yes, no, Helis. If it's the oldest shop in Reading, it must have been Helis for a long time. But I think that brick wall was 1855, which I think go. is just before Hickey's. Hickey's. Okay. Why do I think Hickey's is 1872? Go back on the podcast. There's, a, there's an episode with Hickey's, so we yes. can find out. Hickey's has been here for a very long time, and I know actually there are solicitors, and it's made it's it's the oldest shop, but there are there are Blandy and Blandy has been in Reading for longer than yes. that, and also there, I believe there's an estate agent somewhere um, that's been in town for a very very long time as well. Um, so, but the brick wall, according to the book of facts, which we cannot dispute because it no. is the book of facts, yes. it's not the book of opinions. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, John it's Lewis not, stroke I think Helis. It might be the old yes, <laughs> John Lewis. No, but if you want me to produce a book of opinions, I'm more than happy. I think we've got the time. I can add to that. It won't be 99, let me tell you that. It's definitely not Poundland, though. No, 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 it's not Poundland. I just want to say the, River the brick the brick wall with Helis written into it, I think, was a fairly new thing when towards when the Oracle opened. It was around then, so I don't think it's like a fairly new thing just 
pretty much just before they turned it into John Lewis. So, sort of a bit silly. Really. I want that fact. Well, I mean, currently it's just an opinion. I can opinion. always remember the Helus brick. Can you? Thing. Okay. Well, maybe it was just around... And I can remember it changing names, so it can't be... It changed name when the Oracle was built, according to the Book of Facts. Yeah, so that okay. was, what was that? Like, 98 or something, was it? 90... 99, something like that. Yeah, that's when right. I was at university, I Well, think. that's your opinion. <laughs> it's my opinion. We'll put that in this is a fact. It's a strong opinion because it is, a, in fact, a fact. And I have not reached the age of forty-five yet, where my opinion becomes a fact anyway. So, okay, I am not a father. So no, okay. That is the two things you need to be to for your opinion. How to old be are fact. you? I'm thirty-seven. Oh right. Oh okay. Mm. That's just a couple of years older than me. Yeah, but not as old as the <laughs> other person. <laughs> Yes, Rachel's cats are quite rude. old. Rachel's cats are quite old now. They are elderly. Yes. Yeah. Still loving life, though. Um, yeah. Rachel, what are your cats called? I know this isn't fact of the week based. No, uh, well, that's Splodge. It's up there, as we've discussed. Rachel nods at a cat. Lord Pussington. Yeah. Okay. As he's also known. And um, Scooby was the one that was just sitting on my lap and has just probably gone off to eat something. A mouse. Standard, and then he'll be back. Uh, not a mouse, that would involve some effort. <laughs> she just wants it on a plate. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, thanks, guys. That is a wonderful part one. Marvellous stuff. In part two, we will be talking to Hugh about being a journalist, and hopefully he might ring his mother, who will know the answer. Who is a proper journalist. <laughs> Mrs. Fort explains it all. Welcome back to part two of the Real Reading podcast. Um, Hugh, uh, so you haven't got a Fort explains it all this week. No. And you said that um, you had no Fort explains it all this week and you haven't bothered to do one. So I thought... It's not that I haven't bothered to do one. It's sometimes it's... Been quite busy. As we were about to discover, life as a local journalist can be quite hectic, and therefore, you know, I, I normally talk about things I have written. Yes. And while there are some. This things, week you've written nothing. Oh. Yes, nothing. <laughs> um, there are some things in the pipeline that I could do, but I do not feel like today or in the previous days I had the time to read through them to adequately explain them. Okay. So. It's okay, Hugh. So I'm sounding quite defensive, because I am. Yes. So, okay, being a journalist, um, so one of the things that often gets hits, gets thrown at a, a journalist, a modern journalist, and I'm going to put you in that category as a modern journalist, use a computer. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. yeah, you use... I have Twitter. You have Twitter, yes. The Facebook. Uh, the Facebook. The Facebook. He does. Yeah. So one of the things that often gets thrown at a modern day journalist is, well, you just get all your stories off Twitter, off social media. Would you like to rebuff that? Yes. Okay. I would like Great. To Let's chat. move on. <laughs> I would like to point out the amount of time that I personally spend. I get a few stories off Twitter. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I, I would Twitter's say very I'm good not for finding out things that are happening. That, exactly. That aren't in areas you aren't in. I'm not saying that getting stories off Twitter is wrong. I actually think it's a very useful journalistic it's incredibly tool. Incredibly useful. Um, but we, but I spend a lot of time 
reading things. So I read a lot of documents, council documents, which are not easy to read. Um, and once you have read those council documents, you then have to decipher them and transfer them into something resembling the English language. And you have to be able to, first of all, under, understand them, then also identify whether anyone else, apart from you, who's a council document nerd, um, <laughs> would be interested in them. Yes. Don't you just take like every third or fourth word... And then <laughs> that makes a sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, for example, the council audit documents are the most extreme example right. of all. Um, but that is actually a very important subject because it's one of the things that really are finding rather difficult is filing their filing their accounts, which I believe they have now filed right. with the auditors finally, two, about two years late. Um, and I I found that story by flicking through an audit. And governance agenda, um, and we've we've followed it for two years. So, so there's that. People ring you up. Um, you, you speak to the police quite a lot, um, and you go to things and speak to people. And you, so, Twitter and Facebook, yes, yeah, yes, without a doubt. Like I, you wouldn't believe how many groups I'm in in places, <laughs> particularly in places I don't live in, um, and. You read things and you see things, and we have um, traffic portals which tell us what's going on on the roads, which we do a lot of live blogging, motorway crashes. We get most of our we don't get tip offs about crashes on the motorway through Twitter because people are usually on the motorway driving when they happen, and therefore they can't they yeah. get their phone out and tweet us. Um, and we get you know people do phone up and we just see things that are unusual I read a lot of things like the planning applications and stuff like that see what people want to build and I have a kind of routine on a Monday I just go through uh, reading what's what's coming up in the week a lot of reading and but also keeping an eye on what's happening at the moment as well the great thing about Twitter and Facebook is like you say you can find out instantly find out about things happening in you know if, if things are happening in the town centre we usually know about them because yeah. we can hear them or see them um, but if things are happening in places like Woodley or Whitley, we're not there. But people tweet us or Facebook us to say, did you know there's a load of police in XXX Road in, in this place? And then we can then go to the police and follow that up to look and see what's happening. Or if it's uh, if it's something we consider to be a really big story, if we, then we, we'll go out there and have a look. Um, so, obviously, things in our industry of newspapers has changed quite considerably yeah. in the last five, ten years, How, in that we, as a company, don't have a local newspaper in Reading anymore, that yeah. it is all about Get Reading. I should say there is a local newspaper in Reading. If people wish to we, go and read that, they are okay to go and read I that. We. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so how do you think that that's impacted on your role as a reporter? Well... Get Reading is different to a newspaper now, um, and I'm trying to work out how to phrase this. Um, we, If you imagine a newspaper, you'd have a page, you'd have a big story, mm. you'd have a smaller story, and then you'd have lots of tiny little stories around it to fill up the page. Yes. So word, stories of about 50 words usually saying things like, there is a small event happening this weekend, or... You know, very basic, what we used to call nibs, news in brief. So, if you imagine Get Reading, the big story on that page, that's what we do. 
we might do the second story if it's a strong interesting story but we we don't do the smaller stories anymore um so that's one thing that's changed that was what was known as the churn producing all those little little stories was you know 10, 10 or 12 of those little stories a day plus the big stories you work the more complicated stories you work on so that's changed um focus on social media is huge um now and when i started getting off for 15 years ago twitter and facebook didn't exist at all we just had a newspaper we didn't really have a website when i started not not a we sort of had one week. Yeah, we used to spend a Thursday morning updating, <laughs> updating yes. the website with all the stories in the paper, and then just once leave it a to, week. once yes. a week. Yeah. And at the bottom, it said, "If you want to read more, buy the paper." Yeah. Wasn't that what you were? That was partly my job do, in the first place. It? Yes, when yeah. I started. And part of the launch of that. And uh, um, we we stopped that about ten, twelve years ago. Yeah. So we put all our new stories on the website and in the paper, but there are still certain publications around this area who still put on three lines and then say for the rest see this week's xxx so so there's there's that aspect of it um change the big change obviously is the amount of people um when mm-hmm. i started on the wokingham times we had an office with maybe what 10 15 people in just on wokingham and it was just wokingham, wokingham and Brighton. Brighton, oh, yeah. yeah um then when we eventually closed that office, we moved to Reading, which still had, I think, a hundred people working in there on the whole operation. So we had um, we had the newspapers, photographers, the sports desk, and then we had HR and um, accounts and on-site IT and a big advertising department as well. And that oh, dwindled. Um... That was central. The so the HR, the accounts, and everything else was centralised. So they all left. And then there was just us and advertising. And eventually the papers closed. And advertising left. And now it's just... On a good day we have five people in there. Two 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 reporters. Lucy who's in charge. Jonathan who does Reading FC. Uh, you're there occasionally. <laughs> you're there occasionally. But you... you Neither, you know, you work. I just come centrally. Into the company, yeah. Yes, <laughs> you just come up. For, so, so we've obviously had to adapt what we do. Can't do the work of I think the reporting team on the Reading Post was nine or ten something when like I that, started. Yes. Um, and our team on Get Reading was something like six or seven when we first started. But it's a much faster sort of turnover of work, isn't it? That perhaps you know. Yeah. It's it's quite instant news that you can uh, report on stuff as uh, it happens like with the traffic and, and yeah I mean the thing. thing about a weekly newspaper like the the, the working of times would be is that you, if you the working times used to come out on a Wednesday if you got a story on a Thursday so the day after it would be a week old uh, if it was say mm-hmm. a fire say it was something which was just a fire or a court case or something or something from a meeting um that was not something you could move on over the course of the week. You'd, you'd be publishing stories that are a week old. Nowadays, you have uh, sort of three, often two or three versions of the same story as the day progresses. Yeah. And we have a live blog of what's happening, and you're then writing up what we call pull out stories from that, um, explaining aspects of what's happening if it's a. Say if it's a big crash on the M4, for example. So in the old days, if there was a big crash on the M4, we probably wouldn't do 
we'd do what you, what I said, a nib on that crash. If that crash happened on the Thursday and we put the paper out on the Wednesday, we would do maybe 100 words saying, this is why you got held up last week. So in terms of spontaneity and mm. um, and what the way what news is now, um, I can't imagine anyone's, anyone is doing that sort of... Uh, News, there are still weekly newspapers but they must be focusing on their websites as well and getting breaking news online as it happens and in the paper in some form later on and I guess that's now the art of the paper yeah. is to collate what you've already got on your website and yeah. change, get it updated and changed for the for the paper and decide what the collection of your best things on the websites are because in a, in a way going through a day so if you've got a breaking news in, incident over the day it's almost a bit like back when you had editions throughout the day so you might have the morning yeah. edition the midday edition I don't I'm not I, I don't know off I don't know personally whether Reading used to have that, but they certainly would have had a, a morning edition and a late edition, wouldn't they, I think? I think so, yeah. Certainly a lot of papers did. Yeah. And, and but then the Post was a daily paper, yes. so we could still be pretty yeah. up to date um, on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the website is essentially a daily newspaper yes. online. Um, you know, we don't have produce it, and like I say, we don't have all those those smaller stories, but... We because are. you've got the interaction as well is a lot easier with online that you can have yeah. people putting their comments, which is sometimes yeah we've awesome we've swapped the letters page uh, letters page for the comment section. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the comment section. That was sort of kind of just going to round it off with that, just like talking about the comment section because it can be quite inspiring at times. It can be you know it can be full of lots of good things, but like how do you deal with like the negative? comments that maybe come on a story because I think most of the time they're not personal are they they are they're based on a particular on the way that the story is but like when you when you or go on they've just read a headline yes one of the most annoying things mm-hmm. in the world is is putting a story on Facebook and then someone seeing that headline which is designed to get someone to click on it and read it yeah, and read the story and properly and they start sounding yeah. off that is, a, that is an insurmountable problem. Yes. Um, we have to try to make our headlines as appealing and our pictures as appealing as possible, but we there's no physical way to get people to do that. And, but people seem to just you know read the headline and decide what their opinion is without that. Yeah. That is frustrating. And um, the other thing uh, I find slightly frustrating is when people try to tell you you're either biased towards <laughs> usually usually biased towards Reading Borough Council where when to explain we will go to a meeting, you will have the report that they're talking about and you will then have the councillors talking about the item on the agenda. You will report what they say and you what you try to do is report say say Tony Page for Labour is talking about something you would report him and then you would then it goes over to the opposition which is the Tories and the Greens and you will talk about what Rob White on the Greens is saying what the Tories are saying in response to Tony Page normally saying they don't like what Labour's doing that's what how councils work and you report on that um, and because Labour run the council it's a Labour project, it's a Labour person talking about the project, so just simply because of that, they perhaps get more of the coverage. If it was a Tory council, it would be the same. If it was a Green council, it would be the same. The opposition are in opposition, so they 
they speak about what the Labour Council's doing, but people seem to somehow to to interpret how we cover the council, which is just reporting what is being talked about in terms of um, in terms of the the projects as being biased because it comes simply because it comes from you know the Labour Council was voted in, so they run run the place. So it's not it's not biased. It is just it would be the same if it was any council um, because they run, they won, essentially. They win. They're in control. The opposition's job is to kick them when they're unhappy. We report that, but we report on what they're talking about. For example, I go back to this. We've talked about it loads. The Reading MRT was a Labour project. Huge amounts of opposition. The opposition eventually... Um, of the, there, was, there was such opposition to it, particularly in another council, which is run by the Tories... And they, they, they rejected the plan and the, the, the Labour Council had to scrap that. So to say, you know, we there's no suggestion anywhere that we would support the MRT plan. We we personally, perhaps people might think it's a good idea or a bad idea themselves. We wouldn't say, we wouldn't say that or imply that as get reading. But it's a it's a Labour Labour led plan that's failed because the Tory Council doesn't like it. And that's what the information is. It's not no. There's no favoritism there. Mm. It's two different councils not liking the other's plan, and it frust- it does frustrate me slightly that we get perceived <laughs> as being I can biased. Tell that, yeah. Yes, I can, I can feel the literally <laughs> looking at looking at the waves just, on this little monitor yeah, here. It's resonated so, a little bit. And it's because somebody started projecting. I think yeah. the final the final point I would make is that lo- that people. I don't blame anyone for this. This is this is you know this is sort of. Um, not an obvious thing, but local media and national media are actually two very different things in that national media is politically slanted. Local media very much isn't politically slanted. So we have to be neutral, give everyone a fair go. Um, And of course, the some politicians somewhere think we, you know, don't give them enough coverage and they're politicians. That's what that's, that's what they do. But Berkshire's quite an unusual area because you've got Labour MPs, you've got Labour councils, you've got Tory councils, and so there's a mix of everything. So I think we give everyone a fair a fair crack. Um, and we don't slant like the Nationals do. We, you know, we don't have a stance on Brexit, for example. Um, and we try our very hardest to be neutral and to give everyone a, a fair crack of the whip. So to say you know it does frustrate me when people say you know you're you're in cahoots with Reading Borough Council <laughs> you're putting out council propaganda whereas if you look at Reading Borough Council's press releases they have the information about what they're doing a quote from a Labour councillor saying how great it was but you get the same press releases about the same things happening in Bracknell you get one from a Tory councillor saying how great it is and you get one from Wokingham for another Tory councillor saying how great it is same in West Berkshire so that's how council news operates the the governing body isn't going to put out a press release about something that's doing saying how bad it is <laughs> but it is then up to the reader to decide whether they think it is a good idea or not and if there is then subsequently a protest like going back to MRT the the plan came out council Tony Page said how what a good idea it was the action groups formed said this is a terrible idea the green party came out said this is a terrible idea they got loads of coverage saying what a bad idea it was from get ready so that's how it works council put out the idea 
they say they, we think this is really good and then it's up to the public to decide whether they think it's good or not and we'll go from there thanks very much Hugh. I'm hoping your voice will now return to a normal level <laughs> um, do you guys feel a bit nostalgic for the the newspaper days um, in a in a way it was something there's, there was something about special about seeing something you've written in print there's something quite special about that um, oh I'm talking to the digital guru I yeah well, that yeah, but the, thought, yesterday when when I was doing that thing at the nursery, I took the last ever evening post oh, yeah. as a as a prop. I've still got that, yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, <laughs> I say I miss it. I say there's two things I miss, um, and there's there's various things I don't miss. Um, two things you miss is yes, yeah, seeing your name in print and having a cuttings file. Yeah. Um, you know, the internet is absolutely. I've got my own section on Get Reading, which has got thousands of things in, which is great. <laughs> But to look at your cuttings file and stick your favourite stories yeah. in and stuff like that, cut them out of the paper, that is um, that is great. And did I say two things? What was you that? did? I remember what you did say two things. And um, the 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 good stress of the deadline day. So going in knowing you've got five things to write for the paper that have to go in. Um, Whereas nowadays we're very busy, but with the with the website, there's no physical deadline to fill it up. So if something does fall through, or you need more time to work on something, you just move things around and you can carry on working on it the next day, rather than having to find something to instantly replace it. Um, what do I don't? What do I not miss about? Um, Probably that weekly deadline stress. I suspect. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> also that, but. Um, <laughs> The there is now less of a grind, yeah. Um, and you generally on get ready ninety percent of the time you're working on stuff you're really in, into and you're really interested in. And so those smaller stories, which are all very important for um, for newspapers, but aren't perhaps the most riveting things to write and work endless, um, get put get all pulled into roundups and things like that now so we still do a lot of them but they're not there's not that kind of grind and there's not subs running across the room saying i need a nib for page 37 <laughs> at five at five to five and you've got nothing there <laughs> so you know picks and drops picks and drops different worlds but it's still generally after i'm still doing it after 15 years so i do do still like it. I just miss us all being in that yeah. building in Richfield Avenue. Asbestos filled. Being, uh, asbestos filled as it was. Yeah. Just knowing that like everybody who made that paper happen, everybody yeah. from editorial to advertising to accounts to the press to the ad designers, the planners, everybody. We're all under one roof. And, you and we're all working towards the same thing. Yes. Working towards the one thing. It's a little bit more... Yeah. Anonymous now. Yeah, a little bit. Because um, you get stuff produced in Liverpool or Birmingham or something, you know, stuff that's more sort of national focused yeah. gets produced around the country and sent to us. It's, it's a bit different. And um, I just wanted to finish on. Sorry, Hugh, go on. And it's quite fun, though, to one of the things I really like, and it's only a really little thing, but it's if you see, say, a police press release and someone's been in court in Reading and they're from Manchester or Liverpool or Newcastle or somewhere like that and you phone up phone up the newsroom or message them and just say we've got this bloke who's been in court down here do you want it and they say oh yeah thanks that's really good and you think yeah that's really good I've helped a Geordie today you know <laughs> like, you know that sort of thing and uh, 
it's again, it's just a little thing, but it's it's again a sort of feeling of the greater good, yeah. helping helping everyone out because they never, you know, they wouldn't ever see it. They wouldn't look at Thames Valley Police as a matter of course. Like I wouldn't look at Newcastle Police as a yes. matter of matter of course, mm. just in case someone from Reading might have been in court <laughs> in Newcastle. You know, so it's just stuff like that. You know, <laughs> two things just to finish off. Um, how excited were you to do that uh, Thomas the Tank Engine story I got you to do last week that was very popular? Uh, well, you know the answer to that. <laughs> I do know the answer to that. Um, and secondly, we haven't just mentioned the press hall. Going into that press hall, whether it was printed oh, was in Reading yeah. uh, on Tessero was fantastic. Just watching the newspapers flying around a room yeah. on a giant roller coaster. Yeah, so our, our internet, our internet system is not quite no. as exciting as that, is it? Manchester press hall is enormous. Yeah. And, um, I can hear, I've heard it. The rolls of paper mm. get collected and taken and loaded onto the press by robots. Oh, like independently standing robots. Well, they're definitely not going to take over the world, are they? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. It's pretty cool. We're about one step away from Terminator, aren't we? To be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're just getting rolled over by a big reel of paper. What if I might be the leader of the rebellion? That'd be an interesting. uh... You think you're John Connor? (laughs) In a few years' time, a robot's going to be sent back, and it's going to be me thereafter trying to kill me before I become a a, middle-aged man. A (laughs) middle-aged. Super tough soldier. I remember when. <laughs> yes. Um, thanks, you for that. That was uh, a lovely insight into what it's like to be a journalist. Um, quite passionate it, there, isn't it? You've never seen him like that. No, Ridiculous. Um, right. Uh, next bit. What? Random question time. Random oh, question time. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot. The random question. Hey, it's random question time. Where's our mug? Have you got the mug? Who's got the mug? I had the mug. Now it's my turn to get up and get the mug. Has Zachary hidden the mug? No, I was putting the Reading mug on top of a Manchester mug. Uh, Splodge has made his bed on somebody's laptop bag. Yes, yeah, Not mine. Sorry. Okay. My cat's going right, to whose go is it? We've got some new questions. Um, I think it's Hugh's Cubes. There you go. Hubes. Yes. Sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? It's a little bit. <laughs> Always called him Hubes. <laughs> Don't know why. I've never liked it. I know. When I said you were coming round, Zachary thought he kept saying that your name was Phew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, you've just reminded oh, me. But my little few. sisters always could only have both of them. It's just really strange when they were when they were young with Thu. <laughs> you've just reminded me before we started recording, we were getting we got Zach to um, say his full name, but only after we'd all said our full names. And you did your full name, I did my full name, and then Hugh, it turns out, has no middle names, which is really weird. Hugh Ford. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you could make up a really... Marmaduke. Yeah. Augustus. Yeah, I was thinking Augustus. <laughs> Hector. You look like an Augustus. You look like a huge Augustus Ford. <laughs> Augustus Gloop. Out of, uh... <laughs> What's the question, Hugh? Most memorable pet. Oh, oh well, I think oh, we know Rachel's. <laughs> Mine's squashing me now. <laughs> it's got to be the Scooby Saurus, isn't it? What about, about Scrooge? And, and Splodgy. Oh, look, Splodgy. Oh, he's looking at me all sad. Oh, it's a very short random they, question. Um, they are my old boys. They are. Actually, they turned 14 oh. on the 1st of this month. I, I remember you in your previous house that was quite near our office when we used to go out on a Friday or a Saturday night and I'd end up sleeping on your sofa covered in cats. Covered in cats. These two very cats. Yeah, oh dear. I still do marvel at the fact that I am not... Well, I didn't crazy cat crazy lady, crazy yes. Cat lady. yes. 
think yes. there'll always be a part of me that is. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh. Uh, we had a dog called Jack, who yes. was memorable. Um, my dad got him, and he was a breed of dog called a case hunt. A what? A case hunt? I think it means cheese hound. It does. Oh, German, yes, of course it does. And he looked like a husky. A slightly less... A slightly less magnificent husky. He had... He was really fluffy. He had a black face, sort of grey fur. You know how huskies are really kind of proud-looking dogs? Yes. Jack Jack was kind of like definitely a poor man's version of... Um, and Jack, yes, my dad got Jack, and he was my—he was sort of my dad's project. My dad had had these dogs when he was a kid. So. Right. Um, Jack, he had a screw loose. We think. <laughs> we think he—he was—he um, was a bit subnormal. Um, and the things I was very, i remember from, with Jack was that um, we'd take him out for a walk in the fields behind where we used to live in Burfield, and. Every single time, Dad would let him off the lead and he would just run as fast <laughs> as possible in, away, miles into the distance. And then my dad would have to run up oh to God, him. So I just Googled it. Um, that's him. Did he look like this? Yeah, just like oh, that. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah we're going oh, wow. to put a picture of Jack on the... We can um, put a huge picture of Jack. Gosh, yes. That is a fluffy dog. And Ooh. the... Um, in fact, Rachel, send that to me. That will be our uh, logo for the yeah, podcast okay. this week. And he will, he would chase cows, and to the point where apparently my dad said once that he chased chased the cows to the point where he caused such fear that he caused one of the cows to jump over a fence. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever has seen no. a cow jump over a fence. So I wasn't there, I there at the time. Someone jumped over the moon, but not a, yeah. not a fence. I wasn't there at the time, and I think. The reason I wasn't there is because I, I went through a phase of having a massive strop about having to go out walking the dogs. <laughs> yes, so I, I just, can imagine. I just refused to go. <laughs> and um, there was that. And then, so yeah, Jack. And then he went, to, he used to go absolutely mental when birds flew. <laughs> <laughs> As they do. <laughs> barking at them, barking, barking at birds in the air. And, and uh, yes, he was a bit crazy, old Jack. And then, and then he got ill and he had to... Oh, yeah, to be put down. I wonder what he'd look like if he got wet. Whether he'd he um, be like this like tiny little yeah. yes. thing. Before he got ill and had to had to uh, to be put down, he um, got a thyroid deficiency, which meant load his fur fell out, and he had these massive patches where, and like he was probably, how can I do this in audio? He he was he looked quite big. Um, and then his fur started falling out, and he realised he was more more like a sausage dog. He was actually really small because it, but his fur was just he was he would have fitted in perfectly around here because he did have massive hair. Yes. Oh uh, well, we are. Oh, we are, we are the curly we podcast, are. as you know. So. <laughs> well, but, um, we should start a podcast called the Curly Podcast. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that was Jack, and then um, and then I'm also far more fond than I ever thought I'd be about our cat now, whose name's Marley. Yes, um, I am very fond of my cat called Millie. I remember when I said, because when I met my girlfriend, uh, we moved in, we we were living apart, then we moved in together, and it was, her cat was living with her mum, and she said, right, I'm going to go and get Marley. And I was like, what? He, I said, he's not going to come and live here. <laughs> in my most assertive voice, and she glared at me, and she goes, yes, he is, and I'm not prepared to discuss this anymore. And she just went and got him. <laughs> that was it. He yeah. moved in. And, yep, yeah, so Marley is... 
a big cat. He's a big black cat. Like a he's panther. Got, yeah, he's got lots of personality. He's bigger than Splodgy. Yes. Um, he's got lots of personality. He likes being sick on the bed. That's one of his traits. Oh, when <laughs> and you whenever you put him in the car to take him to, if he ever has to go in the car, without fail, he will do a bowel movement in his case. That's lovely. <laughs> Usually at the start of the journey. Oh, you know, oh, know what cat poo smells like. We do. Sadly. Yes, so, yes, we did earlier. You came into cat poo, didn't you? And I always imagine <laughs> he's, he's, he's there and he's like, right. And then he has a little little giggle to himself. Like a proper dirty protest, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then well, sort of realises... put me in the car, I don't know, right, okay. <laughs> and do you think he ever has any regret that he's now got to sit with it for half an hour? I, yeah, I certainly might. You know, I look after him, I feed him, and I, I give him a, give him the is attention he, he needs. Is he still eating the, the, the pampered food, the... Uh... Like better than you eat, basically. Oh, the chicken! The yeah, chicken. he's got a very, he's got very sensitive. He's very sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. He doesn't have normal cat food, so there's no whiskers in our house. I have to cook him chicken fillets. And, oh, and we have to buy. I'm covering my yeah. cat's ears now. Yeah. Don't even think. Tuna, about it, tinned pilchards. Um, you know, wild salmon. I have to, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the hours I spend by the riverbank catching Marley's food. <laughs> Chasing chickens. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I have to go to France to get the uh, the very best. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. It's been really good fun being here at Rachel's house. Yeah, we can do it again. If you like. Probably do it. You're might, welcome. We might have to do it for the next few weeks. The way my my work schedule is going. Oh, so. that's him teeing us up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll round up. Um, before we do, though, if if you want to tell us about your favourite pets, we'd love to hear them. Um, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, you look like you're going to say something here. No. Uh, no, I was about to yawn. Actually. Oh, okay. All oh, right. Sorry. Keep well, it is, it yes. is, it is it's sleepy it's time. It's actually gotten dark. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just to finish off, I'll do the usual bit. Uh, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, that's all for now. I'm we... disappointed you haven't memorised that yet. You're still reading it off your screen. Well, I mean, this is the 53rd episode. It's the word prerequisite. I know you're a bit, you're a bit slow. It's the word but... prerequisite that I struggle with and I really have to read it. Publicly shaming. Oh. Mm. Well, yes. Um, the yes. You made me sound like a prima donna who doesn't like writing stories about Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> experiences earlier on. <laughs> That's all for now. My reaction to that, I will say, was, what? <laughs> That's all for now. We'll see you in a week. Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.